We're going to read out of Matthew 10 this morning. And we're going to talk about the authority of sons and daughters. So Matthew 10, verse 1. This is... Okay, now I'm, I'm officially starting the message, so here we go. This is the... So Matthew's the first book of the New Testament. It's the first right of the, um, of the Gospels. And the first mission that Jesus sends his disciple, disciples on is in Matthew 10. It's the first time he, he like commissions them to do something. And it's very powerful that the first commissioning was this. He says, Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits. The authority over them was to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Now, again, they had spent time with Jesus, and they had been around him. They had been intimate with him. And then he says, now listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out, and I want you to heal the sick. And not just heal the sick. I'm giving you authority over unclean spirits, unclean spirits, any spirit that is a counterfeit to the Holy Spirit, is an unclean spirit. And I've given you authority over these spirits. And I've given you authority over sickness. Wow. It's pretty good. This was his first directive for them to go do. It wasn't like, hey guys, I want you to go around and just talk to people and shake their hands. Jesus didn't talk like that anyway. That wasn't his first directive. His first directive is... Heal the sick. Now, this I'm reminded of Genesis 1, 26, where uh, God says to uh, humankind, I've given you authority to rule over every animal. So he said it back in at the beginning of the book, and then he says it in the beginning of the Gospels. He says, I've given you authority. We already know we have authority over animals, and that well, and especially cats. And now I'm telling you, you have authority over unclean spirits. We have two cats. I tell you what, when I walk in the house, those cats know who's in charge. They are. Cats. I, love, I actually love my cats. Um... But, you know, I, I, I know this verse, and I'm like, cat, get over here. I will pet you when I want to pet you. You know, it's like they always want to be pet when I don't want to pet them. It's like rubbing up on my leg. I just got out of the shower, and I'm all wet, rubbing on my Get off me. You're getting hair all over my leg. But then when I want to pet them, what do they just They scamper. I have authority over the kitties. That's what the Bible says. So Jesus gives us a, us you got to look at yourself as a disciple. Are you a disciple? Jesus says, I'm giving you authority over unclean spirits to heal the sick. Right? And then he, he, reiterate, he reiterates it in verse 8. He says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely give. Again, this is a gift. The gift. You have the gift of authority. Do you understand this? We have to start thinking like this. 
Freely I've given you this gift. The reason you can walk in the gift is because you have the authority. You have the seal of heaven. The seal of our authority is in the power of his name. That's our seal. Not, not the singer seal or the animals, although we have authority over the seals. Guys, this is going to be a good one because I am feeling, feeling all over the place here. Now, I wanted to uh, make a, a point here that in the message, um, it says he, sends his, he summons them and sends his disciples out to ripe fields. Now, I really like that. Ripe fields. See, Jesus is going to send you out somewhere where he knows you will succeed if you just do what he says. He doesn't send you out into the wolves to die. He sends you out into the wolves at time. If you keep reading, it says that. You're going to go out and you need to, it's going to be tough, but you need to be um, 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 conniving as serpents, and, or not conniving, what's the word? Um, cunning is the word. It depends on your, thank you. depends on your uh, uh, definition or your version, but, and innocent as doves. So he knows that there's going to be some, some issue, you know, problem, potential issues there. But because he has given them authority, he says, but you're going to overcome because you have me. So Jesus doesn't call you and send you out into something that you're going to, you're going to fail at. There's, there's success in the kingdom. I mean, think about everybody that he's called. Think about it. Moses, right? Noah. Jonah. This is why Jonah didn't want to go because Jonah knew that God called, if God called him to Nineveh for the people to repent, they would repent because Jonah understood the mercy of God, and that God didn't call him to go somewhere where he would fail. So sometimes we're afraid of the call of God because we know it's going to succeed, actually. It's called being afraid of success. It's an actual thing. Some people would rather just live in their little house and and go to work and drink their Diet Coke and, you know, raise their kids, nice little American family. That's that's fine, little American family, two and a half half kids and two cars, you know. That's what, that's what the stat was, two and a half kids, average. And um, live their, and that, you know what? And live their nice little, little life and, and, and die and go to heaven. And that's great. And you, you will go to heaven. I mean, you love Jesus. You serve him. Yeah, you don't, have to, you don't have to do these things. But why wouldn't you want to? When he's given you the authority over these things, why would you want to be under when you can be over? And so then he says, um, in verse 2, Matthew names all the disciples, and he makes a note of the 12, and he calls them actually apostles. This is the only time in the book of Matthew that he refers to the disciples as apostles, and I don't think it's a coincidence. Remember, there's no coincidence in the Bible. Everything is there for a reason. I mean, we have different versions and different interpretations, but the core of it is there's nothing to be, there's nothing just to be thrown out, right, at the core of the Bible. And so he calls them apostles, I think, for a reason, and only in there because of the authority they carry as apostolic voices. God says, I give you authority, and now we recognize the authority the first time they've been called apostles. He gives them authority, and now they're called apostles. Do you understand? And it's the first and actually only time he uses it. 
But if you look at the, if you look at the word there, apostles, um, the, the, the Greek there is not just sent ones as we would know it in America or in the, in the Western world. It actually is more appropriate to be defined literally as commissioning with authority. That's what that word means there. When it says the 12 apostles, it would be more appropriate for us to read it, the 12 who were commissioned with authority. That's what the apostle word means there. So it's like you read it in verse 1, authority. You read it in verse 2, authority. You read it in verse 8, authority. And yet we wonder where the authority from heaven is in our life. Where is the authority is in when we walk around, where, where is it, God? I think, is it possible because we don't understand it? And we don't, we don't know that he has given his sons and daughters the authority from heaven. Now, this isn't just... This isn't just like um, authority that, you know, I mean, I, when I was a kid um, in, um, I don't know what, fifth grade or whatever... I was given, like, safety badge. You know, and it was really cool, and I wanted to be a safety, you know, guy. You know, I had the little... Back then, we had, like, this, I had this yellow band around, and I was, like, safety. And so I'd get to go, I'd get to, go to my uh, class late because I'd get to walk around with a little pad of paper and see if anybody was doing something wrong. And I'd be, wrong! And I'd write you up. And this is this... It, you kids shouldn't have this kind of authority. It just goes to their head. And then it definitely went to my head. I loved it. I was like, hey, man, what's up? What are you doing out of class? Get in class! I'm writing you up! So it's not that kind of authority. It's not even the kind of authority you get, you see at the airports. Now, I love to travel, but I don't like to fly. So there's a little bit of a tension in my life. We're about to take uh, me and my, I don't mind, I don't mind, I love traveling with my family. We're about to take four trips. We're going to fly about four times in the next six, seven months. We got these great, uh, some ministry trips. I'm taking the whole, if I can take the whole family, they're going with me. So um, I try to do that as much as I can. But if you've ever been to an airport, see, I think the, I think the issue with me with flying is not really the, the, air, the plane. It's more the airport experience because I, I don't like the airport experience. Because first of all, you've got to get your bags all, you know, a certain, you know, weight, right? Who knows what it is anyway? Like, are you putting it on your, does anybody put it on their scale at home? No, like, you know, I don't know. It's, I don't know what this is. Somebody does. Somebody does. And, you know, and then you, you got to, and I try, I'm traveling with the six of us. And it doesn't matter, though, if I'm going, I love my wife. Is she in here? It doesn't matter if I'm going on a 10-hour 10 10 trip with her overnight. Or a 10-day trip. The bag's the same. I don't understand this. Like, we're going just to St. George for the night or whatever, or a couple nights, and I got my little backpack, and I'm ready to go. I mean, I take my backpack with me if I go for a week, you know, so it's no problem. I just stuff all my socks and underwear and everything in there, and I pack it, and I throw it, I'm ready to go. Then here's my wife's like, can you get my bag, honey? What is it? We're we going to Africa for a month. What's going on here? And so I'm like, I'm dragging her. We're going for 10 hours? What is in here? So, so we're taking now, we go to the airport, and I'm, of course, the men, men, you have to take charge of things. 
you don't send your wife up to the counter at the airport and say, take care of it, honey. No, we take care of it. I'm going to the counter. I'm taking care of it. I don't want to see you, husband, sending your wife up to the counter to take care of your business. Take care of the business. That's why I do 10 pounds a night. Man, one time I went to the airport and, you know, I'm like, I'm, and I'm always worried about this. Uh, I think your bag is too heavy. Like, I mean, no, it's fine. Well, you're not lifting it. I am. I think it's over the whatever the poundage is. So I'm always sweating bullets because there's a million people behind us. I got six kids. I'm already thinking nobody wants to be behind us, especially when we go through the uh, security. Well, that's a whole other story. And one time I put my bag up there. It was her bag probably. And they're so nice, the people at the counter usually. But it's like they get so excited if you're just a couple pounds over. Oh, you're two pounds over. Seriously? So, and I'm, and this is, and I'm looking around, and there's these people behind me, and I'm sweating, I'm just like pouring. I th- I'm not, but in my mind, I'm just, you know. And I'm like, okay, we got to hurry up. So I'm like, and I don't, who knows what two pounds is? And so you're just taking stuff off, and I'm already stuffed in my backpack. And so we get it on there. Thank you, sir. And it's like, okay, we're through with one thing. Now we got to go to the other thing. TSA agents, they have authority. They have authority. Let me tell you something. TSA agents, these are the, these are the protectors of our skies. These, you seen these guys? So you walk up, and it's like they're, they're looking for something. They have their little badge, the authority given them by the government, and they have their badges, and they're looking for, they want there to be a problem, and so you got to know how to look, so there's usually three or four that you can go through, so I got my, the family, hold on guys, we're going to, nope, no, that guy doesn't look good, that guy, no, there's a, there's a woman, let's find the woman, so we go up to the woman, and she's nice, and oh, because we got the, oh, what's your name? Uh, she's looking at the ticket. What's your name? It says Savannah. And she says, Savvy. She's Savvy. It says Savannah. No, it means, it means Savannah. Oh, and there's Charlotte, because you got to get the official name. There's Charlotte. And, Co- and it's Coco. We call her Coco. So she's like, what's your name? I'm like, Charlotte. Charlotte. She's like, Coco. I'm like, Coco. It says Charlotte. Whose child is this? We always work it out. Get through TSA. And then you get on the airplane. Oh, another layer of authority. Stewardess. Steward. Now, I remember it was like the, the stewardesses and stewards. Stewards? See, I'm probably offending half the pe- flight attendants. Don't you guys remember? Like, they were so friendly when I was a kid. We'd get on an airplane. It was like, Mommy, the flight attendants are so nice. Hey, little, would you like a pillow? You know, of course, now, yeah, right, pillow. Give me a break. You want a blanket? I'll just, let me just pick this up off the floor and give you the blanket from the last flight. But they were so friendly. And it's like they were waiters and waitresses. And I loved it. And everyone wanted, it was like a big thing. When I was in school, it was like a big thing. What are you going to do? I'm going to be, it wasn't flight attendants. It was steward, stewardess and stewardesses back then. I'm going to be, I'm going to travel the world. Now you get on a plane. And you go, just get me to my seat. Hey, kids, put your head down. Get your mask on. Don't say a thing. Get down. Sit down and shut up. 
My mask is, get your mask on, Savvy. My mask is itchy. Get a mask on, are you kidding me? She's coming! <laughs> now you might, and now if they're in a bad mood. If they're in bad moods, oh my. Excuse me, sir, are we going have a problem with your mask? No, we're not. We're having a problem with my mask. Because, because I will turn this plane around. <laughs> and then we're two hours into flight and she's coming back down and she's like, uh, I actually had this happen to me once, you know, I saw your mask down, sir. I was eating. Put your mask back up, sir. So I'm okay, fine. So, but they have a lot of authority, but this is not the authority that I'm talking about. See, let me tell you something. Sons and daughters do not misuse authority from heaven. We have to understand the power that we carry. We are not to lord authority over fellow brothers and sisters. God did not say, I give you authority over, your, over Tony, over Sadie. He's, I give you authority over unclean spirits so you can cast out devils. You can heal the sick. You can raise the dead freely. This thing is given to you, so you better give it away free. This is our authority. Now, you don't understand the authority you have in heaven if you don't know who you are. Now, God did not, listen, God did not give this authority. He's talking to his disciples. He did not say this to all the people that were listening to him. Half of them didn't even care about him. He didn't just say, hey, everybody, go cast out devils. Did he? He said to the 12, I give you authority of heaven. I ask you this question, are you one of the 12? Would God look, would Jesus look at you and say, I'm giving you authority? Listen, why did they, did they ask for it? No, they were probably freaked out by it. But because they had spent time with him, they knew him. They had his heart. He had their heart. He says, now I've given you authority. Now, if you look at, um, if you look at this, like I said, it, it, it can be kind of scary, but we have to turn our, our minds to, to think like this, like, a, like, a, like not, not an orphan, but like a son. Now, Tony gets up here, and she's praying, and she's prophesying about um, healing, yet we know Tony's own husband died. So I want you to understand the authority that she carries when she stands up here and she says, God wants to heal the sick. And that's his will to heal the sick. And yet she, in her own self, has to, had to deal with the disappointment of God not answering the prayer of her husband and all of us when we prayed for him. So there's a, there's a verse in the Bible where Jesus tells the disciples of John, John the, John the Baptist is in prison, Right? He had already prophesied that Jesus was coming. He, then Jesus comes on the scene. What does he do? He baptized. Could you, be imagine, could you imagine me the one that baptizes the Son of God? This is, what, this is what he did. This is huge. He didn't want to baptize him. I mean, it's the same deal. Like, who would want to? I wouldn't. I'm like, no, get somebody. Tony, you do it. I'm not doing it. Baptize Jesus. Are you out of your mind? But Jesus is like, no, you have to do it. You've been the one. You're the one. So he baptizes Jesus. Now, he had been prophesying and declaring that Jesus was coming to set the captives free. 
And yet now we find John in prison. Yet he had spoken of Jesus setting captives free and they sitting in bondage in a prison. So he somehow gets word to his disciples. He says, go ask Jesus if he is in fact the one we've been waiting for and looking for. He, he, he baptized him. And now he's questioning, maybe this isn't even the, the one, because why am I in prison? So he gets word to his, John had his own disciples. In fact, there was a little, if you kind of read between the lines, there's a little bit of tension between Jesus' disciples, more so John's disciples against Jesus' disciples. There's a little bit of jealousy and stuff. But anyway, we don't know how many disciples John had, but he sends his disciples over to Jesus and he says, hey, hey, John, hey, you know the guy that, you know, you said you'd cast, uh, you'd set the captives free and everything, but you know, John, the guy who baptized you, is actually in prison, even though you said you would set the prisoners free, just want to know uh, are you actually the one we've been waiting for? Or is there another we should look for? And Jesus says these things. And then something just catch, caught my attention when you read it. He says, well, he says, yes, everything is true. Everything you've seen is true. But he says this, tell John, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. So Tony gets up here unoffended at the Holy Spirit. We don't know. We don't know why. I mean, we have ideas, and the Lord has kind of revealed to us some things. But she stands and she says, man, guess what? Even though my husband died, this is not your portion. Why? She understands the authority she has, and she doesn't walk in offense and she knows who she is. You'll never walk in this authority if you don't know who you are. And I'm going to go real quickly here. I'm going to look at John 15, 15. He says to his disciples, this is my commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, greater love has no one than this, that a person will lay down his life for his friends. And then he says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. Because all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. Think about that. He chose you. You didn't choose him. And it says, I have appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain, so that whatever you ask of your Father in my name, he may give you. This I command you, that you love one another. Jesus bookended this teaching with, this is my commandment, that you love one another. And then he says, no longer do I call you slaves, but I call you friends. And then he says, because you love me and you obeyed my commandments, you, you are called my friends. Do you understand this? Jesus didn't walk around and call everybody his friend. Not that they couldn't be, but I'm just telling you, if the scriptures, that's not what he did. He looked at his disciples and he says, I've called you no friends, not slaves. Now, some translations say servants, but it's actually more accurately, it's more accurate in the English as slaves. That's actually what he's saying. I'm not calling you slaves anymore. I'm calling you friends. Come on, if you're a friend of God, how does that make you feel? Do you feel like, man, I can be, like if you're friends with a real loyal person that has your back, that maybe even has some authority, man, it's good to be friends with people in high places, I'll tell you right now. 
Oh, yeah, you got this issue. Well, let me just go. I, got, I know the commissioner of police, you know. You know, you get pulled over for a ticket. You ever done this? Oh, it's embarrassing. I've done it. You pulled over, and I tell my wife, I'm going to throw, I'm gonna throw the na so-and-so's name down. She's like, don't do this, please. I'm gonna, <laughs> don't worry about it. I'm going you know, to throw the name out. Don't do it. Don't do it, babe. Don't do it. Hey, I was there. How's it going? Hey, did you know you were going 55 in a 13 mile an hour? Whatever. I didn't know that. I didn't. I'm actually very honest with them. I'm like, yeah, you know, I just, you know, I'm, I'm hungry and I'm get, trying to get the food and I got the babies in the back. I mean, look at the baby. They're hardly being fed. I need to get them some food. So I'm trying to get there quickly. I mean, like I'm trying to make a living here, get them some food. Oh yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. And then like, I'm ever so, I, it's not probably very cool. I'm like, oh yeah. So, Hey, does so-and-so still work down at the uh, precinct there? Every time. Never works, ever. It doesn't ever work. If I had blonde, long blonde hair and some, I, you know, it might work, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I think that, does that still work, ladies? Cry. My wife got pull, has been pulled over once in her life, and she cried. This is a long time ago. And I said, did you get off, though? You cried. No. She still gave you a ticket. What kind of cop is that? There's no grace. What's happening here? Right? But it's good, so it's good to know, it's good to be friends with people in high places. But guys, you are friends of Jesus. You're friends of God. You're friends of the Trinity. The, 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 the one who created the universe says he's your friend. Because why? Because you have obeyed my commandments to love one another. You have given up yourself for me, so I now call you a friend. And because you're my friend, I give you authority to change the world. You are not under, you are over. So this, we talked about it Thursday night in men's discipleship. It's, it's the difference of fighting from victory for victory. Now, even fighting from victory, looking out in the battle and seeing what's happening, you still have to go into the battle. You just have strategy for the battle. Doesn't mean you're not going to get cut up. It just means you're going to win. There are seasons. There's a season to rest and know that I am God, be still and know that I am God, and there's a season to fight. And when it's your season to fight, you better know you have the authority of heaven behind you. All of heaven is behind you. We have, um, we have this building over here we're taking over. Because we, we knew it, it was spoken. And when, 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 when my friend Gershom came in and, the, and prophesied, he said, hey, I, the prophetic word is you can have that building or you can have that building, pick one. And I said, I want that one because uh, there's a sushi restaurant on this side and my wife likes sushi. And uh, I didn't know how perfect, I didn't know how like timely that was and God, how God that was, because what happened was uh, this guy ended up um, going out of bit, uh, losing his business. And so there actually, there was a moment where I thought, man, we might, maybe we're going to get that anyway. But I didn't, I liked the guy. I didn't want him to go out of business. And so we prayed. And so I went, so the other day, there's this homeless man who is outside, uh, of our of our church and he has been flipped over from his wheelchair he has no legs he's flipped over he's on the ground i thought he was dead i thought he was dead he was not moving so i said lori was here i'm like lori uh go see if that guy's dead because i'm not i'm not gonna see if that guy, right is that right i'm like no now here's the deal i just said man up men and now i'm like lori get out i'm not i don't do the dead people. I see dead people. Is that a true story? I about kicked you out there. And I'm looking. 
you know, in the window. And she's like, she, she approached him. She's like, now, Lori's pretty keen spiritually. She's like, oh, my gosh, I think he's dead. I'm like, oh, man. So, she go, so she's over there poking him. So I kind of come around. I'm like, is he dead? Is he dead? And so I'm like, hey! And it, he wasn't dead, but he, that's good. He wasn't dead. But he was in a really weird position. So I said, um, we, need to let, we need to pick him up, right? So I came, ran in. Now, I don't want to pick him up, but I knew we had to. God, you know, God... Jesus, pick him up. But I needed to do some gloves or something, but I didn't have gloves. So he didn't smell good. He didn't smell good. So I ran in the church. I'm like, John, and John was here. I said, John and, and Kevin, come, come pick this guy up. <laughs> it's true. Where's John? Is that true? So Kevin is smart. Kevin comes out with gloves on. I'm like, where'd you get his gloves? He's like, well, you know, we're picking up. A... I'm like, okay, so, but, but, I'm, I'm, but I'm encouraging them, you know. <laughs> Here we go. Get him. And I, but I'm, I'm like, telling, hey, guy, we, is it okay? And so they, he didn't want help, though. A lot of pride. He, literally, we asked him like 10 times. And at, by the 10th of time, I'm like, I'm going to pick him up. I'm picking him up. Like, I don't care how, how he smells. Because I was like, come on, dude. And he's like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. I can get up myself. So he did it. He got up, put, got in, sat down, and then uh, we're like, we need to get you some clothes. And so I ran over, uh, got him some clothes, and uh, he only didn't want half of them. It's fine. That's not the, that's not the story. This, the new owner of this sushi shop comes out, because I said, Lori, I told Lori, hey, take my card, go buy him some, uh, some, some food. So the, the owner comes out. It's like, I'm going to take care of it. I'm like, oh, this is Jesus. Like, this is amazing. We're showing him Jesus, this guy. And so, the, so, he, so he's, uh, I said, no, we'll buy it. He's like, no, no, I'm going to take care of it. So um, he ends up making him uh, a nice meal and brings him out. So we, uh, so this is you. This is your hands extended as a church. As a church, we got him clothes. And we, uh, we offered him all, you know, all kinds of things. And, and then they, they gave him uh, food. It was, it was a beautiful picture. It was really beautiful. Even though he was kind of hard. But here's what was cool. I, I, I came back later because uh, I wanted to s- some food for myself. So I came back later, and I'm like, I want to I bless these guys. Um, you can come up. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the clock. It's like I'm going way too long today. But um, so I wanted, I like teriyaki chicken. So I wanted to see how good the chicken was. So I went in. I'm like, hey, guys, uh, that was wild. What happened earlier, that was crazy. Thanks for giving them food. Uh, and now our masks... Uh, their masks were on um, when they were out there. Now they're off. So uh, now I can see their faces. I like to see the actual face of these people. And so um, I thought the old owner was there. They hired the old owner because they didn't want him to get out on the street, right? So I thought, this is amazing. So they're like, yeah, we're Christian. You know, we go to Central and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, that's great. So the owner, the reason why the old owner had to give it up, because he had a fall, and something happened to his elbow and his entire hand. So his hand is like this now. And I'm looking at the hand, and I go, hey, let me pray for your hand. So I I lay hands on him, and I, I say, come on, God, do what you do so good, because you love him. Now, these guys are standing around. I think there's a customers over there. I don't, I don't care. You don't care. When, when God comes upon you to do so, you just do it. You walk in the throat. 
So I'm praying, I'm, and I'm releasing heaven, and I'm saying, be healed in Jesus' name. And so I say, okay, how, did, how does it feel? He's like, a little bit better. He's, he can move a little more moving. I'm like, this is good. Now the new owner is standing over there. He goes, whoa, whoa, I felt some heat in my stomach. Whoa, what was that? I said, that's the Holy Spirit. So I didn't even ask him. I just put my hands on him. I said, come on, more God, more. We pray, we release heaven. He's like, oh my gosh. I said to the guy, how's your hand? It's pretty good. I'm like, no, take some more. So I pray for him again. I, healing, healing, healing. And his hand, it's still, you know, it's not completely healed, but there's more and more movement. And then the wife, she goes, oh my gosh, please, will you come and will you bless our business? Will you come, will you come next week and will you pray over our business? And I said, absolutely. It's our new friends right here. I said, listen, God's going to heal that guy. They're probably going to start coming to our church, I bet. And, um, and I said, guys, we're going to pray that your business explodes. Now let's help them. Let's be the tangible hands of God. Let's help them. Go get some food. They open at 1 o'clock on Sundays. Go get some food. Tell them you're from this church. Tell them you want to bless them. Give them a good tip. Christians should be the best tippers. I cannot stand it when, and I've seen this before. I'm going to give you a tip. Here's my tip. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a card, like a, a flyer about how Jesus loves you. But there's no tip. I mean, come on, man. They're going to reject that. So here's what I want you to get out of this crazy message. Can you stand with me? I know you're, you're already tired. So stand with me. Here's what I want you to get out of this message, that you have the authority from heaven over, over, things of the world. Over, not under. You're over. Ephesians, we're seated with him in heavenly places. It's another confirmation. We are over situations. Any spirit that has counterfeit the Holy Spirit, guess what? You're over that spirit. You never have to fear demonic activity. You are over unclean spirits. So right now, if you need to repent, I want you just to repent. Say, God, I repent for if there's sin in my heart, I want to make you Lord. I want to rededicate myself. If I repent, God, for, for not walking out the authority of heaven, I want to be an atmosphere shifter. Come on, just take about 30 seconds. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And Father, I ask that this week you would give opportunity for us to pray for those in need. You're gonna, some of you are going to see miracles this week and, and uh, you're going to be given the opportunity to pray for somebody and you're going to see an instantaneous supernatural miracle. I'm telling you, it's going to happen this week. Uh, who, who wants that? I'm telling you. I'm prophesying it. So listen, look for opportunity. If the Holy Spirit gives you an opportunity, don't walk away. Like I walked into that place and it's like, I didn't necessarily want to pray for the guy, but I knew this is what we do. Bam, we pray for him. Now, was I disappointed that he didn't get completely healed? Not at all. I did what I was supposed to do. God will take care of the rest. So who wants more authority in their life? So Father, give it. He says, I give it freely. Receive it freely. In Jesus' name, amen.